Hello and welcome to the podcast, Time is Wisdom. Before we get started, I wanted to let you all know that we are going to be talking about some sensitive subjects during part one and part two of this episode. In part one, uh, Lula will be talking about depression and in part two, anxiety. She is a certified counselor and mentions her schooling in part one, so you can trust her advice is sound. However, I do recognize this is a sensitive topic. If you're struggling with depression or anxiety, please go see a doctor as your symptoms may be a sign of other serious conditions happening in your body. Thank you. What are some ways to cope with anxiety that may be similar or different than coping with depression? Well, there again, uh, anxiety ties a lot into depression. Mm -hmm. But when we're anxious, a lot of times uh, we still have those sleeping problems. Um, We still may be eating too much. You know, uh, some of us are stress eaters. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we go in and there again, we seek out the comfort food or we seek out... uh, that uh, nice bluebell ice cream that's in there, you know, or the Oreo (laughs) cookies that are calling to you uh, because we're stressed out and we're stress eaters. Uh, Sometimes anxiety, uh, we can uh, smoke too much, drink too much, eat too much. Um, So anxiety is something that, uh, you know, I don't care what job you have, they're stress. Mm Their stress and so we must learn how to handle our stress in positive ways uh, when you uh, talk to a therapist she can give you tools to go in your toolbox positive ways to handle anxiety and stress stress mm-hmm. management skills and so there are ways that we can deal with this um, and so we we need to learn those ways uh, sometimes we have overextended ourselves and we've said yes to too many things, and so there's some things that we may need to take off of our plate. Uh, There's some things that we may need to let go of. Uh, There may be boundaries we need to set with other people um, because those people are dumping on us continually and we cannot fix them, and people need to listen. You cannot fix another person. You cannot. And so we have anxiety and stress over trying to fix another person. And we have to learn boundaries are good things. Mm -hmm. Uh, We may have to learn there again to exercise to work off our anxiety and stress. Uh, We may need to learn uh, that we need to just uh, talk to somebody about what's going on and let them kind of sort it all out and see what we need to do. Uh, So those are ways to cope with anxiety. Uh, Sometimes with anxiety, we need to learn to breathe. We need to need to learn to take those deep cleansing breaths in and just hold them and let it out. Especially if we're experiencing anxiety in the car, if we're on 431 and we've gotten jammed up uh, uh, on the causeway because there's been an accident, you know, and you're sitting there for a long period of time, breathe, learn to breathe. Uh, learn to focus on things that are around you that are positive. Put on that good music again to listen to. Uh, if you're in Walmart and you're getting feeling anxiety or stress, you know, breathe. Focus on your uh, list that you've got to do. You know, focus on getting in, getting it, and getting out. You know, 
Uh, it's good to write down what you've got to do because then we feel like we're managing it better. You know, make a list of your to-do things. And if you can't get to it all that day, be okay with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it'll wait to another day. Mm -hmm. uh, so sometimes we can add to our own anxiety and stress by stressing ourselves out, you know. So uh, accomplish what you can. But then, like I said before, be your own cheerleader. It's a good job. Boy, that looks really great, you know. Be careful about your self-talk, that, you know, we can be our own worst enemy with our self-talk. Well, I didn't handle that very well, you know, or I could have handled it this, this, and this, and we can stress ourselves out. Watch our self-talk, you know, watch your, your thinking. Do you have more negative thoughts or do you have more positive thoughts? You know, if you're having more negative thoughts, we need to think some positive thoughts. You know, how you think about things, is very important in uh, how we handle situations. So coping with anxiety, we're gonna have it every day. We're gonna have more sometimes than what we're dealing with, but we gotta learn how to handle our stress level. Uh, even when I was working at the library, you go, oh, there shouldn't be stress at a library. Well, there was. Anytime you work with the public, there's stress and anxiety. Mm -hmm. So we have to learn how to handle it. And you can handle, you can have difficult people in a lot of different situations. You can have difficult people in your staff. You can have difficult people working in the public. You can have difficult people that you deal with out in the public, in the arena of the public. So we have to learn how to handle stress and anxiety in positive ways. Okay. Um, I'm actually going off the script a little bit uh -huh. now, but just as you had the example of the sadness and depression as a cloud or a fog, and mm -hmm. then the major depression when you need to go to the doctor as a hole that you're mm -hmm. in and can't get out of. Mm -hmm. um, do you have an example of when someone's just having a little bit of stress because their their schedule is busy for the holidays or something along those lines, or when they it is time to get medicated for their anxiety level mm -hmm. stress? Okay. When your anxiety or your stress level shuts you down, okay. in other words, uh, you feel like you just can't cope with anything. Okay. Uh, I, I like to think of sometimes, uh, especially a woman can get so much anxiety and stress, uh, she lets her housework go. Um, you know, dishes are piling up, you know, she's overwhelmed. And what I like to think about when you're overwhelmed is that there's this blanket that just comes over your head. And you know how children are, you know, kind of hide in their blankie and mm -hmm. they'll pull their blankie over you. You just want to go and hide under your blankie. You know, you feel like I can't deal with one more thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you will just, what I call, sit down. Uh, you feel frozen and you will just shut down and when that happens then you're too overwhelmed and you need to go talk to your medical doctor you need to go see somebody and talk to them about what's going on uh, we have let our anxiety and our stress level just absolutely shut us down uh, mentally we we think I cannot handle one more thing on my plate I just can't and, um, and so with saying that, then we just push everything aside. You know, we're, we're not looking after our family. 
Uh, we're not looking after our jobs. We think if one more person walks in and puts anything else on my desk, I'm absolutely going to have the screaming memes. okay? Mm -hmm. It is time to step away. So when you see those signs, or you see a loved one having those signs, that's when it's time to go talk to somebody. Okay, thank you. So what does scripture say about anxiety? <laughs> well, scripture talks a lot about that too. <laughs> I think God knew we would have a lot of anxiety in our life, and so did Jesus. I love the Sermon on the Mount, uh, especially in Matthew 6, you know, especially in Matthew 6, where he talks about worry and he talks about uh, how we worry about things, you know, what you will eat, what you will wear, you know. Uh, he talks about worrying about the smallest things. Uh, and then I love the Bible tells, you know, how does, you know, how can worrying add anything to your life? It doesn't. Worry takes away from our life, you know. And so in the Bible, we, especially in New Testament, we find a lot about worrying in the New Testament. And uh, Paul and Peter both talk about worrying. You know, Paul says, uh, do not be anxious about anything, you know, anything. And, uh, and he tells us to pray and to have thanksgiving, you know, and bring our supplications um, before the Lord. I love it uh, when we talk about um, uh, problems that are going on in our life. You know, we try to control it. We try to fix it, you know, and we try to handle it as best we can. And what is the last thing we do? We pray about it. You know, we just sit there and people will say, all I know to do is pray about it. And that's the way they'll say it. All I know to do is pray about it. Why do we not pray about it up front? Why do we not do it right here and not wait until we have exasperated ourselves and then we pray about it, you see? And so that's what Paul is saying. Pray about it up front. Don't wait until you get depressed and anxious about it. You know, give it to the Lord right up front. And so we see this a good deal, you know, and, and natural natural people, you know, and just us is, you know, us, we want to try to fix it. We want to try to handle it before we give it over to anybody else. And uh, so the Bible tells us right up front, give it to God, give it to God. Now that's easier said than done. And I know that it is easier said than done because a lot of times we'll give it to him and then we just pull it right back down and take it back. And so this is easier said than done. In the Old Testament, we, you know, you think about Old Testament, those people were barely making a living, barely making a living. And they dealt with stress and anxiety. And, you know, we see that in the Psalms also. We see that in the Proverbs, you know. We see that in Lamentations, you know, where they dealt with issues also. And so it's all throughout the Bible. God knew that this was going to happen. And so he gives us encouragement. He gives us uh, prayers. He gives us psalms. He gives us hymns. You know, there's hymns in the Bible. And, uh, and he tells us, you know, to bring it to me if you'll just give it to me. I love in the Bible, it talks about casting our fears, our worries, our anxieties on him. Casting was what they did fishing because they fished with nets and they would take the nets and cast them into the water to catch the fish. And so I always have this visual of taking that net and just absorbing and putting all of our problems and our stress in that net and then just giving them, just casting them out to Jesus and letting him catch them. And we wait until we've just absolutely exasperated ourselves before we ever do that. That's really interesting. Thank you. Mm -hmm. um, how should we best help 
someone who is dealing with anxiety, again, especially for our listeners who are um, have not experienced a lot of anxiety or, like I said, that that is more of a thought and they don't understand it personally. Yeah. Uh, get them, let the person talk. Okay. You know, if the person asks you to problem solve, help them problem solve. If there's a way that you can take some of the load off of them, uh, ask them if you may. Uh, get them to, you know, ask them, do you need to go talk to somebody? Okay. Uh, do we need to go uh, there again? Do we need to go for a walk? Uh, do we just need to get away? You know, do we just need to go uh, take a few days off from work? Do you need that? You know, do you, do you need to, to tell somebody, you know, that, uh, you know, you're just covered over and you feel like you're drowning? Whenever we feel like we're drowning, we need to throw a lifeline. So that means uh, ask them, you know, is there any way I can help you with this? Um, and then ask them, tell them, if you notice they're not breathing, just tell them, take a breath. Just stop and take a breath a minute. Just take a breath to clear your head. Just take a breath. And let them do that, you know. Get them a glass of water, you know. Uh, let them just take a breath. And then let them talk to you about what they're feeling and how they're feeling it. And, um, and you know, then you can kind of get a feel for what you can do or how you can help them. And it may be that they need to make a change in their life. Uh, they may be struggling with something that they do need a professional to talk to about. Um, and it may turn out that it is a health problem. And you may need to say, you know, we need to go talk to your medical doctor uh, and let them look at your medicine, let them look at what's going on with you because some of this may be a health issue. So just get a feel for what's going on in their lives. If you walk in the door and you see that they are just sitting there and everything is a mess and they're telling you, you know, I just can't move, I just am so anxious, then you do need to get them some help. Okay. Mm -hmm. What, along the same lines, if we walk in and a friend or a relative um, is having a panic attack or you're with someone who has a panic attack because of a crowd or bad news or anything else, how should the friend, as in say I walked in, how should I react? Mm -hmm. Now a panic attack um, is uh, the body reacting to what it feels is a danger. Okay, so when the body feels that there is a threat, whether it is a real threat or not a real threat, uh, the body then uh, drops the endorphins uh, to allow the person to run or to turn and fight. So when a panic, and a panic attack can happen in the middle of the night, you're asleep for Pete's sakes and you have a panic attack, you know? Uh, you can be in a safe environment and then something cross your mind and it perceives danger and you can have a panic attack. Well now then when the person gets into that panic attack and the endorphins are dropped, you're in it, okay? And so uh, you may break out in a sweat, you may feel like you have run a race, which it gives you the ability to run. Uh, you may feel uh, lightheaded, uh, you know, you are not breathing, you are panting because there again the body has given you the ability to fight or run. 
So what we need to do when this is happening, well, first of all, the person that's having the panic attack needs to identify this is what's going on. And they need to try to be careful about what they're saying to themselves um, and that they need to go, okay, I'm in it now. I need to work through it because you have to wait until the endorphins go through your body and are absorbed back into your body. And so you've got to go with the panic attack and not fight the panic attack because there again, you've just got to realize it is chemical. It's already dropped. Now you're in it. So if a friend comes alongside of you, they need to, uh, first of all, get the person to a quiet place, tell them to breathe, you know, tell them to take some deep breaths to breathe, tell them they are safe, that there's nobody going to harm them, uh, get them something to drink, maybe some cold, cold cloths to put around them, you know, put their feet up and just soothe them calm them with a quiet voice they need to be in a quiet area just to let them calm down and work through it and then after the panic attack has subsided you're going to feel drained you're going to feel you know like oh i've just got to lay down for a few minutes you know i've just got because there again it is like you have run a marathon you know and so afterwards then they've got to maybe uh be quiet some longer period of time and just relax, you know. So the more calming you can be, the more calm you can be in that situation, then they're gonna react off of your calmness and what you're telling them. So a calm, quiet voice, uh, getting them quiet, help them to breathe, just sit down, breathe, take a deep breath, breathe, you know, and getting them to realize that they're gonna be okay, we're gonna get through this. Okay. Well, that concludes the mental health portion of our talk. Thank you so much. You mm -hmm. gave so much good advice and practical ideas, and I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know as far as our listeners, everyone, most a large portion of people have dealt with mental health issues, and if they haven't, then they know someone who has for mm -hmm. sure. Yes. And so I thank you for taking the time to discuss such a – needed and necessary topic with me today but there are a few, three more questions that I try to or I'm going to try and be asking all of my guests and I would like to ask you before I go uh, before you go um, in general the target audience for this podcast are people in their teens 20s and 30s um, what is something that you really appreciate about people in those generations and in that age frame well, first of all, their energy. <laughs> I'm at the age I poop out now. <laughs> so I look at their energy and I just think, oh my goodness, you know, they have so much energy. Um, I also look at the knowledge that they have. You know, um, they learn things now that we didn't learn until we got into high school and a lot of times in college. Mm -hmm. And I am amazed at what all they learn in school now. Um, and, and it just blows my mind. Um, the classes that they take, the advanced classes that they can take, um, the knowledge that is out there. And of course now they have the ability to pull up computer information and data that we didn't have when I was back in school. And so the knowledge that is available to them is just unreal when you think about it. Um, their electronic abilities, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, 
the other day, uh, several of us were having problems with a DVD player and there was four of us looking around trying to get it fixed and somebody said, we need to go get a nine-year-old. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they are so used to electronics and uh, we did not have all this electronic uh, information and devices that they have these days. And um, uh, I have granddaughters and it amazes me what all they know about computers. And uh, they are very uh, computer suave. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so it amazes me uh, about their abilities in, in that area. And I have been blessed to have um, young people in my life uh, here at the church uh, that I go to. Those are go-to people. I go to our uh, children's minister who is a young woman and I go to our youth director who is a young man and uh, they are able to help me with electronics <laughs> and uh, and it's not, not uncommon for them to be have me knocking at their door and saying I cannot get this to work you know and they just plug it right in and it goes. <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, it's amazing to me. But God has blessed me with the people to, uh, go, my go-to people, <laughs> um, uh, and their desire to make the world a better place. Uh, and their desire to make the world a better place. Um, you know, each generation wants the next generation to have it better. Uh, but I see them getting involved in uh, environmental issues and politics. Um, I see them uh, uh, dealing with school systems uh, where they want more for their children, they want better education. Uh, and, and, you know, I see them uh, active uh, in our, their world around them, and that is encouraging to me. Um, I see them uh, taking um, uh, an abilities that they have and using them to the betterment of society. And that's very encouraging. I, I just really, that's just very encouraging. What are some words of wisdom you have for people around my age and in that age frame? Well, I will tell all of the listeners, learn from senior citizens. Uh, you know, that is my ministry here. Uh, and uh, I, I learned so much from our seniors. Uh, I learned from their experiences and their stories of life. You know, we have a wealth of senior citizens and um, sometimes we're just too busy to listen or we just kind of push them aside realizing that they have so much wisdom and they have so many life experiences that if you get them to talk about it, you will learn something. You will learn something. Uh, I have seniors that I have talked to about World War II and some in World War I, which we're losing all of that generation. Uh, I have had seniors that went through the Great Depression and they tell stories about what happened during those times. Um, but they tell life stories, some of the lessons, the hard lessons of life that they have learned. Uh, some, of, some of them have not had easy lives. Well, how did they make it through? And how did they keep their sanity going through it? And so they can teach you so much. You know, our society is so spread out. Uh, we have children, you know, that living all over the United States and they're raising their children not knowing and having a close relationship with their grandparents. And it would behoove parents 
uh, to connect their children with senior citizens, maybe a neighbor that is a senior citizen, or someone in their church, or some of their, their church people that are seniors. Let them spend time with them. Let them have a relationship with them that is almost like a grandparent relationship. And that child will learn so much under those, those that, the wisdom and life experiences and the love that uh, seniors would have and share with them. I would also tell people never stop learning. Never stop learning. Uh, there's always so much to learn in life. You know, never start learning. Your brain is, is a wonderful creation of God, but you've got to exercise it. So that means uh, reading, it means learning. You can learn a new instrument, learn a new language, you know, um, learn how to knit or sew or crochet. Always be learning something throughout life, no matter how young or old you are. Keep learning, you know, keep learning. And be open to what others can teach you. We can learn from everybody we come across. Young or old, you can learn from everybody. I have learned so much from young people and uh, from children and um, young adults and, and, and college kids. You, know, you can learn from everybody that comes across your path and be open to that. You can learn from the executive of a bank uh, to someone who is in, um, uh, maybe somebody who is a blue collar worker or a laborer, you know, everybody can teach you something in life. You know, you can learn from the homeless and you can learn from somebody who is wealthy. You see, be open to learning from everybody that comes across your life because uh, they can teach you something and be open to learning. So unfortunately, at about this point in the interview, we had some technical difficulties, um, but this was the bulk of the interview. I only had one more question, and I asked her what she wishes she would have known then, what she knew now, <laughs> um, and she basically um, went back to the metaphor of having tools in your toolbox and discussed the importance of developing these tools and learning about and finding these tools um, not just from the lessons in your own life but in the lessons of other people's life um, but I know I am so thankful that um, we got to hear all the wisdom from Miss Lula today and on the last podcast and I wanted to thank you all for listening and supporting this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share with your friends and um, help spread the wisdom of anxiety and depression and all the other wisdom in past and future podcasts um, to come here on uh, Time is Wisdom. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing. You can also follow us on Facebook at Time is Wisdom or on Instagram at time.is.wisdom. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at timeiswisdom.podcast at gmail.com. That's timeiswisdom.podcast at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for your support.